0: Very familiar portion of Scripture, Luke chapter two, and I won't keep you but a few moments this morning. I do want to encourage you to our Christmas Eve service um, because of family coming in and the Christmas day. Let me let me tell you our take on it. I believe the Lord enjoys and delights in us celebrating with our family, uh, but there's an opportunity here, and just know that when if you want to come on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day it won't go further than 45 minutes because I believe we can include the Lord and be with our families as well. And so if you want to worship with us and one of those or both of those Christmas Eve six to at the very latest 645 and Christmas day from 10 to at the very latest 1045. But uh, just for me, this is not a judgment on anybody else. I just, Kelly and I were talking about this. I just couldn't imagine having christmas day and it fall on the day we worship and not worship i just i want to tell him you know with all i've got you this this is you and we love you and bless you luke chapter 2 verse 8 let me just read this to you and share with you what i believe the lord has given me for today and they were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were very afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, because I bring you great t- good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Say the word all with me. All people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. Mark that down. I want to see what the Lord is talking about. I want to experience this proclamation I want to encounter, I, just want, I don't want to just have head knowledge and make a mental ascent unto the fact. I want this proclamation to be mine. I want to experience it. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad all that the angels had told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at the things that were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they've heard. All the things they've seen. And everything that was told unto them. And the blessing of God is always on the reading of his word. This was the greatest proclamation ever made it came with divine splendor it came supernaturally it came divinely and it was the beginning of everything the world was waiting on nature and the people and the towns and the history of the world groaned in itself waiting for the redeemer to be born From the garden, the fall of the garden, there was prophesied one who would come that would bruise the head of Satan. This proclamation in so many words says the countdown is started. The Bible says, when the fullness of time had come, God made his son, brought forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem all of us who were the, under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. And because we are his children, he has given us his spirit that makes us cry out, Abba, Father. This great proclamation is what I want to talk to you about for just a few moments. It is the great proclamation because who it came from. It came directly from the throne of God. It did not originate with our need, but it originated with God's love. Look at the grace in this. We could never merit such an announcement. We could never do anything to move God to do this. We could not go to him, so he came to us. We who were helpless, hopeless, and powerless to ever bridge the gap between our sinfulness and his holiness. We were the recipients of this divine announcement. It was brought to us by God, it originated in his heart for us. Before creation ever started, he had planned on the lamb being slain because he created the world and put men in it and gave them free will, knowing full well that in their free will they would choose sin. And knowing that sin would separate them from him, he had planned on coming himself in the form of a man and living a pure life and dying for our sins to redeem us back to God so that his family would not be an accumulation of robotic people without choice, but they would be people who have been bought back given a new heart and the worship would flow naturally and these redeemed people he would not excuse the sin he would pay for the sin and the angel said for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior which is christ the lord you could say a healer who is christ the lord you could say a restorer who is Christ the Lord. You could say the king is born. You could say the one, the preeminent one, and all in heaven and earth will bow. Every knee is going to bow to him. This one's being born today. It was the greatest proclamation because it did not come from our desires, our need. It came from his heart, and it came on the scenes, and it was pronounced unmistakably. It is the greatest proclamation because of how it came. It came intentionally. It came supernaturally. The angel of the Lord came upon them. See, there are angels, and then there's angels of the Lord. Well, they're all of the Lord, but there were special angels here, and God made it a divine, unmistakable moment. It wasn't a common angel. It was the angel of the Lord. It came personally. Listen. Listen. And the angel of the Lord came upon them. Who? These shepherds. These common everyday people like us. And this proclamation that was given then is being given this morning. Unto you is born this day in the city of David. A Savior. Unto you was born a Savior. Unto you was born the Lamb. Unto you was born the answer for all that ails you as a person. It came personally. It came with a message. The angel said, fear not for I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. God does have people that he predestines to be conformed to the image of his son. God does have election and calling. But this message is crystal clear. And you can't fit it into your theological box. And those say only those that are predestined can come to faith. And the others say there is no predestination. It's those that choose to come to God. It's both. It's to all people. All people. And God's not confused. When he said all, he doesn't mean a few. He said this message is to all. And if a Savior is born to all, I think God has the mental capacity not to be confused about it. All people. I know that I was predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. I know he called me from my mother's womb, but that message was not mine exclusively. I was just included in the all. I like that. It came with a sign, and this shall be a sign unto you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, And I don't have a time to expound this, but this is one of the most pregnant, awe-inspiring, and hard to digest things. It makes you just want to hide your face and cover your eyes. When it says this Savior, the one that has humbled himself from being God Almighty and coming in the womb of a woman. Coming into the world, nursing at the breast of a woman that he made. This one, you'll find him lying in a food trough. That's what a manger is. I always thought a manger was like the scene. And it's it's a trough where animals would feed. And there's a part here, the type is so holy. That people like me. An animal, if you will, uh, driven by animal lust, driven by flesh, driven by my own carnality. He laid in that trough and said, feed on me. Eat of my body. Drink of my blood so that I will be in you. The sign was unmistakable. He didn't come to reign He came to die. Lamb, the last lamb, the pure lamb, the acceptable lamb. This proclamation was supernatural. It was the greatest because of how it came. It came with an angelic chorus. It came suddenly. It came unexpected. It came unmistakably. It came uninvited. And my favorite point is it came to the undeserving. This proclamation was great because of how it came. No one could have predicted that God, when he's about to bring the the origin, if you will, the origin in the sense of expression, he said, this is where history begins, really. This is is it, the fulfillment of all the promises. And I'm going to pick shepherds. See, for those of you that don't go to church or don't do church or don't do God and you feel like all the church people are up here and you just feel like you're down here and you don't feel welcome, you heard the wrong proclamation. He doesn't call mighty people and good people. He calls shepherds and sick people and those that don't have it together because we, the, the shepherds needed a Savior. They weren't even looking for him. The wise people were looking for him. The wise men were looking for him, but there were people like you and me that weren't looking for him. And he knew we weren't looking for him, but he looked for us and found our hiding place and presented himself to us as the Savior. It's the greatest proclamation because of who it came to. It came to those who were not expecting it, those who were not looking for it. It came to the common man, people like you and I. It came to the whole world, no exception. It was the greatest proclamation because of what it contained. It announced that the Lamb of God had come. Salvation had come. This proclamation was simple. It was understandable. It was personal. For unto you, unto you is born. Yes, the world, but you. See, it's not just he died for the world. He died for me. And heaven made a point through the angel to tell the shepherds so when they tell the message, don't just say Christ died for the world. Tell them that Jesus died for you. Unto you is born a Savior. John, Carl, Wood, Jesus came for you. And see, that brings me to an awareness of my sinfulness. If he has to die that death, then I must be worse than I ever dreamed. But if he did it for me, he must esteem me greater than I ever dreamed. There must be intrinsic value in his eyes for people like you and I because no one pays for anything more than it's worth. Now I say this humbly. I am the chief of sinners I know that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, but I wasn't redeemed with the blood of bulls and goats, but with the precious blood of the Son of God, so he must view me as worth something. That's where we get our self-confidence. We don't have self-confidence based on who we think we are. It's God must think something of me because no one pays more for something than it's worth to him. This proclamation was precious. That statement is born. It was on schedule this day, all of heaven. They didn't know, but in God's omniscience he said, three, two, one, and the contractions came. And Mary birthed the son of God. And Mary's not a God. She's not an angel. And she is not to be worshipped. She was highly favored by God because of her calling, her responsibility. But Jesus was Mary's savior too. This proclamation was the fulfillment of many prophecies concerning the Lord. 400 prophecies about him fulfilled. 100 about his birth. And he had to be born in Bethlehem. He had to be born in the city of David. Bethlehem, the house of bread. Oh, the the bread of life was born in the house of bread. See, God wanted to make sure that simple people like me and you couldn't miss it. The bread of life, born in the place of bread. The problem, the proclamation was God's answer to our greatest need. A Savior is born. The proclamation is staggering. Now will you think about this with me for just a moment? We're almost done. For unto you is born a Savior. You. Who you are. As you are. Where you are. Like you are. See, the shepherds didn't have any time to get anything together because this proclamation came upon them unexpectedly, and right as they were, the angel said, God wanted me to tell you that your Savior was born. You, the sinner, or we could say us, the sinner, the selfish, the fornicators, the dishonest, the unfair, the unkind, the rebellious, unto you, the one who was abused. And the one who abused others. Unto you, the faithful spouse and the abandoned spouse. Unto you, the one who needs it the most and the one who thinks he doesn't need it at all. Unto you, the neglected, the castaway, the one with everything and the one with nothing. This declaration settled the question once and for all. Can anyone be too far gone for God's grace? And the answer is no. Because this message was for you and all The world. The most staggering thing about grace is not that God would give it, but it is who gets it. People like me and you knew better, raised better, and our life is filled with sinfulness and rebellion and carnality and the angel steps across that chasm. Because God told him, bridge the gap and tell them right where they are, like they are, as they are. The Savior is born. The message is so unbelievable. And I know we who have been in the church a while, we struggle with things like that. But I'm telling you to your face. The person that abused children. I don't know. Of a more horrific sin that deserves the wrath of the law. But to that person that acknowledges their sinfulness and asks Christ to forgive them. They are forgiven of all their sin. Because God's grace is not based upon who we are. It's based upon who He is. And grace glories over judgment. It's what made the proclamation so great. It was to everyone. Ben, if you would come, please, this morning. The proclamation then and now always brings a response. It says, And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Listen, after hearing this, let us go unto Bethlehem and let's see this. Let's touch this. Let's experience this. Let's see the Savior. Let's bow before this Savior. Let's worship this Savior. What good is the news if I stay where I am? If I stay where I am, I'll always be what I've always been and I'll always get what I've always got. Why would God single me out? Why would God tell me this story? This great proclamation was great because of what it meant. It meant that my Savior was born that the sacrifice would, that God would make would be the one that he would accept. It meant that very soon the debt would be paid, our sins would be removed, and the veil into his presence would be ripped from top to bottom, and all people could come to him. It meant, then people, it meant that people like you and I would not have to die in our sins, but could receive grace and mercy instead of judgment, and receive eternal life through Christ our Lord. And this proclamation was great because it continues. All right, I got a secret to tell you. I ain't no angel. I ain't never been no angel before Jesus and afterwards. I'm kind of like a shepherd. And I heard the message, and I went to see for myself And I found him where God said he would be. I found him as God said he would be. I repented of my sins. And he took my sins away. Hanging naked on a cross. And that lamb bled and died so that I could live. He was stripped naked so that I could be clothed. He was rejected so I could be accepted. And now I, by God's permission and assignment, am doing what the angel did. And I'm telling you, December eighteenth, two 2016, that God wants you to know that unto you was born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And you'll find him lying in a manger. And you'll see that this lamb was sufficient for you. And they went and told it abroad. And that's what we're doing today. He's not one of many gods. He's not Oprah's definition of God. He is not part of the God system. He's not the all-seeing eye. He's not the great light. He's not what you hope He is. He's God alone all by Himself. And there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Do you believe the pronouncement? And if you do, there may be somebody that came in and didn't believe it and had heard it all their life and today they said, the announcement was for me. Can I tell you this before we go home? I was raised in the church. My daddy was a pastor I, Sunday morning, Sunday night, training union, Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, rode the butt. I, I would, church mice. I was a church rat. I was there all the time. At nine years old, seven years old, I could lead you to the Lord. I could share the Roman road with you. Romans 3.10, Romans 3.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 6.23, and Romans 10.9. Pray this with me. God bless you. Did you mean that? I could do it. I knew the truth. My daddy died when I was a young boy. And uh, that was it for me. I said, if that's who you are, I don't want no part of you. And from 11 to 24... I acted as if he wasn't even there. I did everything I wanted to do. I sinned in every way I wanted to sin. There were pleasures in the sin, but there was also great pain and great void, because the key to who I was was found in the one who made me. And you know what He did? Do you know what God had the I want to use the right word. The not gall, but do you know how he he made sure that I got proclamations all the time? He would send not angels, but people that were sent like an angel. He'd send common people, people I never met. Walked into a Shoney's with my girlfriend and a lady, she was old, old. I mean like old people orbited around her old, you know. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. And I was walking by her, living like hell, and she goes, John Wood. I said, Yes? You still running from the Lord? I told my girlfriend, Let's get out of here. I was like, I Got in the car. She said, Who was that? I said, I don't know. She goes, Oh, yes, you do. I said, I ain't never seen that old woman in my life. You know what she was saying? God knows who you are. God knows where you are and even though you've given up on Him He's not given up on you proclamation proclamation, 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 proclamation dreams proclamations so I wake up and go to church one day and you don't have to go to church to be saved but they happen to talk about Jesus a lot they're supposed to supposed to <laughs> supposed to be the message so I walk into church and I sit down and back then everybody wore church clothes Y'all remember that when people washed and bathed and shaved and dressed up, looked like my buddy Andy here, they took care of themselves. Anyway, that's another, another sermon. And I'm sitting there and I'm wearing a concert shirt or something. It was like, which one of these does not belong? You know, which one of these is not? The preacher opens his Bible and said, "There was a man sent from God whose name was John." I'm, oh, come on, man! Come on! and he began to preach about God's calling and God election and all it was was simple the angel appeared before me and said John unto you is born a savior you, you, you and if you'll come see you'll taste and see that the Lord is good and he'll not only be born for you he'll die for you women. and not only will he die for you he'll die with you and not only will he die with you He'll resurrect and take you with Him. And you'll come back to life. It's the greatest proclamation, in my opinion. Because I'm saved. It saved you. you, you. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Is there anybody today, I'm not going to embarrass you. I give you my word. I'm not going to ask you to come talk to me. But you believe that this was God's way of saying... I knew if I brought it to you like this you'd know it was me and unto you is born a savior today and his name is Christ the Lord John I believe and I accept his sacrifice for my sins today if that's you just slip your hand up and put it right back down God bless you God bless you. He sees you, darling. God bless you. God bless you. No one looking around. Almost done. John, I'm away from the Lord today, and I'm living below my inheritance. I'm coming back home this Christmas. Not to my parents, but to my God. If that's you, just slip your hand up. God, I want you to know. He sees you, buddy. I'm coming back home, Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Would you stand with me this morning? Give me just 1 minute, minute and a half, we'll be dismissed. I, I don't I'm not getting into the argument about Christmas and the traditions and the origins and what people did back then. Can I just tell you that There's a lot of similarities there that a carnal person may not see, but we are Christians, we can judge all things. All things are lawful to us. That tree's not going to send me to hell. All things are lawful. I just want to point this out. Just just an idea. Not a pro-Christmas. Just an idea. So there's this tree for children. And underneath the tree is the thing they want the most. It's the thing the parent provides for, would take the third job to provide for, would go to the end of the earth, sweat, tears, blood, and under the tree is all that they ever really wanted. And I would submit to you that underneath the tree where the blood fell, when you open the presence of God's love, you'll find that you may have thought you needed other things. But all I ever needed, I found under a tree. May this Christmas find you so aware of God that you have to leave the room and go to a bedroom or outside and lift your hands and say, Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Would you do that with me this morning? If you're comfortable as such, just lift your hands and thank Him in your own words. Thank you, Lord, for the great proclamation. Thank you, Lord, that it was to me, individually, personally, intimately. And I believe, I believe, And I thank you that I don't have to worry after I open the gift of salvation. Is it really mine? It is bought and paid for. No returns, no takebacks, no exchanges. We are saved. And may we be people who take on the responsibility of sharing the message like the shepherds did and telling all that they've seen, all that they've heard, and all that they've experienced. Lord, watch over us. Bless our time with our families. Restore in the places where there's dysfunction. Let our homes be filled with love and laughter and memories. And may we be aware of your pleasure during this beautiful season. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day today.